BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And I am really excited about today's guest. We have Brimstone on. And you might be wondering who is Brimstone. Well, he is uh, basically everything in the entertainment industry. He started off as a child actor. He uh, has done professional wrestling. He's a speaker, radio host. Uh, He's the president and CEO of Hound Entertainment Group. He's a horror model. Everything. You name it. He's done it all. He's yeah. in like video games, but I really want to know. Like today, you got so lucky in that you know he goes by Brimstone. But could you in any way pronounce his actual name? I don't even know what his real name is. It's <laughs> William Kuchmirowski. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So this guy's done a lot. I'm excited about um, the conversation with him too. Um, it's interesting because, you know, when we think about entrepreneurs, we tend to think, you know, that they're, you know, coaches or that you, you know, have a um, network marketing um, company that you're part of or something like that. But really, like he this guy is the very diff- definition of an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's it, it, the being an entrepreneur is all about that hustle. It's about the mm-hmm. grind. It's about figuring out different ways that you can sell what it is that you're good at and in this instance i mean he's selling himself like he is like that hustles even harder because it's not like a product that he can ship somewhere or whatever it is you know it's like he is the product um you know Mm -hmm. even harder even more so like than coaches or consultants because you know i can just have a phone call i can put up a case study like like this is entertainment like like you it's a very niche market and so, yeah, I'll be interested to see how we got into it. Well, he started off as a child actor, so I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on Sesame Street and Romper Room, I believe. Oh, my God. Did you ever watch Romper Room? No. Do you even know what it is? I'm familiar with it. Oh, you never. Did you watch Sesame Street? Probably. <laughs> I realize now that the error in my judgment of even asking you a question about something that happened when you were like three, four, or five years old. There's zero chance you remember Correct. it. You probably did watch Rock for Room. I have no idea. Well, it was really, can I just, like, can I go off on a tangent for a minute? Sure. Romper Room, like, you would get so excited because it would, you know, the the teacher, the, the teacher of the room would stand there and she'd be like, I see Billy and Sally and Corey and Julie. And you would get so excited when she said your name, like, oh, my God, she can see me. It was fantastic. So I want to, I'm going to ask him about Romper Room. I'm glad you shared that. But so he is an entertainment entrepreneur. Yes, he has his hands. It seems like in everything when it comes to entertainment from voice acting to modeling to comics to, to everything. So that I'm, I'm really, it'll be fun to talk about it uh, just because it's, it's different. It's different than, you know, your accountant or retail salesperson whatever it is like do you think it's more difficult um 
I would say more so, like it is for, I would say it's overall, yes, more difficult. Um, and it's definitely not one of those things. Like if being a small business owner is hard, which we've said it is numerous times, mm -hmm. this is like the hardest one that you could probably pick because it's, it, it, in terms of it requires a certain personality, a certain mindset because we hustle, we grind, but there's no way that I think that I don't have the personality or the mindset or the desire to do all of these things, like to get, you know, there's entertainment. Of, there's a lot of things there. Well, I was just thinking too, you know, what's interesting, what, what came to my mind as you were talking was how when we're working with people who are launching, you know, a business and we get to that part where we're talking about branding and marketing and, and they're, you know, the whole setup of like social media and, the voice on social media, one of the things that we're, that we spend a lot of time talking about is that, you know, the voice of your business, your personal voice and how much crossover do you want, right? Like how, how much, I mean, obviously you want there to be crossover because you want the voice to be authentic, but I also think it's really important that, you know, they're not, they're not so intertwined that you can't, can't separate the two at some point for you know for business purposes so like i don't we don't do a lot of sb pay stuff on my personal instagram page right i'll share some stuff but i want my personal instagram page to you know be filled with pictures of puppies and butterflies well <laughs> just kidding but that's what i was saying where like he yeah, is his brand right he is his product so like in some ways it's more convenient but it's also one of those things where i feel like if we were to hop on a zoom call with him to talk about uh you know, Q2 numbers, he like, he, you know, puts on his glasses and, you know, pulls out the pen and like, it, it's a totally different person because he's a businessman, but he's got that persona that he's got to put out there. So, you know, his, uh, I'm sure his house is painted black or something like that, but you know, inside he's probably got really comfortable couches. I don't understand that analogy at all. What do you mean? <laughs> Because like he's got this persona of being like this horror model, like oh, all that. Like, so I he, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's got sometimes it. Julie's a little slow. Everybody. Well, I'm sorry because I. Well, the thing is, I, I feel like I didn't really finish my last uh -oh. thought, and sometimes I cut you off. You did, and that's okay because we you 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 cleaned it up. It's not even important anymore. I don't even remember what it was. Let's go back to romper room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to keep chatting between the two of us, or should we bring the guest on? Think, Your call. I think we should let Brimstone in. All right, let's let Brimstone in. Right. Hey, everyone. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you all about our friends over at Podmatch. It's like a dating app, but for podcasts. This is a service we use to connect with potential guests for our show, and we connect with other hosts to be a guest on theirs. If you're an aspiring podcaster, have a podcast, or have something you want to share, head on over to podmatch.com slash sign up slash bizquick, or click on the link in the show notes to get started. All right, welcome back to the show. We have Brimstone with us. I feel like I need to have my announcer voice on for this one. We're so happy to have you, Brimstone. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, my God. First and foremost, Julie, Corey, it is an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. Finally, Brimstone has made it to the BizQuick podcast. We're about to have some good times, brother and sister. We're, we're going to make it happen. So I'm all yours. Let's do this. We really are going to have some good times. And I have to tell you, I put it out to my fo our followers on Facebook and said, what's one question that I have that we have to ask Brimstone today? And I'm going to give it to you straight at the front of it. 
And it comes from our dear friend, Tony Watley, who says, please ask him, does he know who's going to win the fight before he enters the ring? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for anybody who actually knows anything about pro wrestling, there are a lot of people who still believe it's 100% real. Uh, It is real. We are hitting each other, but it is staged. So, you know what I mean? Listen, I'm 300 plus pounds. If I was in the ring and I was working against somebody and I'm jumping off the top rope and I'm landing on them, there's just so much you can protect yourself. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? We are hitting each other hard. Um, We just, we just, uh, it is staged. Now to take it a step further, what your question is, yes, we do know who's going to win at the, you know, before we go and step into the ring. So yes, that is that is the answer. Now that I, that I, you know, you could just watch old wrestling with shadows. I think it was or wrestling revealed or whatever. That when they killed the mystique of the entire business about you know twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I grew up watching it like with my my brothers, and I thought it was real <laughs> forever. Yeah. In in a lot of the Latin in a lot of Latin America, they still believe that that it is real and it is sacrilegious to to actually uh accuse it of being fake so yeah it's it is it is uh but let me tell you look like i said you know there's a lot of guys that work uh very stiff in the ring uh or very tight is what we what we use um in terms of where you know you're throwing a punch you're laying it in there you're just not trying to kill the person uh but there are other people that do they work very very hard i try to work a little bit lighter and i mean i'm well retired from the ring at this point but um, or somebody retired. You're never fully retired, but you know I, I'll work tight. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stiff people. I'm not gonna hit them too hard. So, uh, but if you have a camera in your face, you know, and you're right in front of you know it's right here. If you're not making contact, it doesn't look real. So you know you wanted to make sure you're portraying the the uh, the fight. And I've I've definitely heard a lot of interviews and read a lot because I was big into uh, professional wrestling when I was younger. You know, I was a Hulkamaniac growing up, as <laughs> pretty much anybody our age probably was. And um, right. you know, in, into high school in the the big WCW WWF uh-huh. um, uh, battles and all of that. Well, they didn't battle each other, but um, yeah. But the uh, like it, it's it's physically demanding for sure, and it's yeah. it, like you have to. It, not just anybody can get in there because you have to you have to sell this essentially fake fight. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of uh, effort that goes into building not only um, you know your in ring uh, prowess but also your your gimmick itself. Um, you know, and and the people that have longevity have you know found that you know what I mean that little tweak that little uh, it factor that'll take them from point A to point Z and beyond. So. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult for a lot of people to get into the industry because they think they're going to be a super super overnight success, and that's not how it is for anything: entertainment, entrepreneurship, anything, business. It just doesn't work that way. People think that you know, well, if they haven't heard of somebody or somebody makes it, whether it's you know, music, uh, wrestling, you know, writing, whatever it is, you know, a business that that they just made it. All of a sudden, they they get a little success and they go, oh my god. You know, the overnight success, they didn't they didn't see the last 10, 15, 20 years of right. the effort and everything that went into building that, you know, now minute of success. You know, <laughs> so now now uh, what do you call it? So a lot of people don't understand the, the effort that goes into all of it. Yeah, I was just thinking um, when you mentioned just a couple seconds ago about, you know, that it factor for the longevity that is so important for an entrepreneur as well, yeah. right? Like you really need to figure out like that 
what it is that you're, you know, really good at your sweet spot and, and finding, finding your niche, if you will, and then working, you know, consistently working at it in order to get that longevity. But, you know, so many people think that it's just this overnight success, right? And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. you weren't there when we were starving <laughs> in December, right? Right, exactly. Well, first and foremost, um, you know, I'll always tell you that anything entertainment, anything entrepreneurial, and, and let, let me, before I even get there, entre, entertainers are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs should be entertaining. I mean, that is that is my my thing and I'm always going to stick with it. Um, you know, the the big thing about anything to do with business because you know again I'm, I'm putting entertainers into the business and the entrepreneur category fact is is that there are peaks and valleys you know what i mean there's always going to be peaks there's always going to be valleys and there are a lot of people that don't realize that you know um when we hit those peaks you know what i mean yeah you're you're doing well you're well fed but then you hit those valleys so if you don't make sure that you prepare for those valleys you're going to be in trouble and that's where a lot of people have their downfalls mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, like they say, you got to make hay while the sun shines. And for, for somebody like you, it's uh, in, in your type of business because uh, you start off as, let's, well, and you didn't start off, but professional wrestling and people think, oh, you've got it. But you're like, no, I got to think of the next thing because my career is limited. I can only do this for so long before my body completely breaks. Um, you know, and the money isn't that great unless you're uh, in the limelight, you know, if you're, you're in the spotlights, rather. Um, you know, on television and all of that. So there's everything else. And so you had to figure out different ways to basically build your brand, build yourself. And, and that's what we were talking about prior to you coming on the show is how you are the definition of an entrepreneur. It's like find every single way you can make that hustle work. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I started, I started in, in, in entertainment really young. Um, and what do you call it? Uh, obviously, I was too young to know what was really going on. When I when I started doing the um, the music thing, and I, I was a drummer and I was a touring uh, artist in terms of, of uh, music, and uh, you know that's where I really learned the hustle. I learned first and foremost the most important thing in business is your relationships. Um, everything is relationships are key. If you don't have uh, built relationships, you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. So it's important to one to to build relationships up too. In terms of um, you know my my back in the day, you're talking about look, I'm 46. We didn't have the luxury of social media and computers and all this. Just, I had to go to a, a microfiche at, a, at the the you know if people even know what that is anymore <laughs> over at, at the library just to figure out where I could go and make things happen. Um, you know, it's like, you know, guerrilla marketing. I knew how to guerrilla market. So all this stuff I kind of took with me into pro wrestling. Then um, it, and pro wrestling, you know, obviously then into Hound Comics and Count Entertainment Group, um, you know, the voice work, the this or that. And I've taken everything and I've, I've kind of moved it forward. So I learn a little something from each industry that I kind of play in. And, um, and I take that and that goes into my arsenal of, you know, like, all right, well, what do I have to do here? What What's going to happen there? What When... When do I do this? You know, when do I do that? And, and you know, those of you who know, know. Those of you who don't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work that goes into this. And, and, and to be honest, that wasn't my first foray into to, uh, entrepreneurship. Um, my first, my first uh, entrepreneurial uh, deal, I've always spoken about this a few times, and I won't go into detail if you don't want me to. Um, but what do you call my first First thing was actually um, I was 17. 
And I was uh, with one of my friends uh, from private school because that's a whole story on, in itself. But my, um, what do you call it? My uh, good friend of mine and and I, we put together a, um, a little kit. It was called Dr. Peckerhead's Let's Play Dr. Sex Kit. Um, sorry for all of you out there who don't want to don't hear that. Uh, but we were young and uh, we, we had a way to get, we had 17-year-old um, kids getting a lot of about 30,000 condoms and uh, what do you call it? And plastic gloves sent to us was a very interesting feat. <laughs> I will tell you that. But we, we wound up putting this thing together as a, as a joke. Um, and I sold it to first all the adult shops as a 17-year-old kid. Then I went into the malls and I spoke to Spencer's. And then back in the day, it was, um, what do you call it? World Imports. I don't know if you guys remember World Imports. Yes. And we were, we were sold as a novelty item for in, in Spencer's and World Imports at 17, 18. And uh, I was selling these things by the hundreds. Um, and they were huge, huge hits with the, um, with the, with the women for the uh, bachelorette parties. So we did really, really well with that. And that was where I learned how to kind of learn how to resource and, and so forth. So it was like, like I said, they're all different things that I've learned throughout my, my life um, and, and different career paths that, that have built into this. You've been hustling for a very long time. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. I usually don't put that one out there because sometimes people are a little squeamish when I say that, but we weren't in the adult industry. It was the novelty industry. But, um, you know, at that age, you know, to, to do that, I thought I, it was a lot of fun. And we had plans, but he went away to college and uh, his parents, believe it or not, threw away all of our products. And we were like, what do you do? What oh, my you goodness. Do? So that was that with that. <laughs> End of story. But it was a good time. You know, it was, it, you know, people, people, and what I always, how I feel about it is that, you know, if you have the opportunity to do, to do it all yourself, you know what I mean? And reap the full rewards. Yeah, you can work a little harder. No, you can work a lot harder. Um, but at the end of the day, you receive 110% of the, the rewards and it's, and it's fulfilling to, to take something and make something happen that wasn't there before. You know, when you're working a nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, you're working for somebody else and you're helping to build someone else's dream. But what about your dream? What, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do the next thing? Why not get up, get out there and do it, make it happen. You know, and that's my philosophy. And that's one of the things that it, it often sounds like we're just, shitting on people who work in corporate America when we're, <laughs> when, when we're on this podcast. Oh, we talk about it a lot. Yeah, we Brimstone. talk about it a lot. But it, again, it's one of those things that the, this lifestyle isn't for everybody. No. You know, people people enjoy the safety and the comfort, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the thing is, we need those people. We need more of those than we need people like ourselves. You know, it's the, the chefs versus cooks type of thing. So. Right. Yeah. 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 You listen, you know, here it is. There's a lot of people out there. That, that are working for major corporations making, you know, six foot, six figures plus, but they couldn't make it one day doing it on their own, doing it themselves. It's a fact. It's a fact, you know, and I've, and it's funny because sometimes, especially the way I look, you know, I'm a big guy, earrings, the beard, long hair, you know what I'm saying? I come from a wrestling and an entertainment background. And sometimes you go, you know, you go into a boardroom and People and, and I don't care because I am unapologetically authentic. I go in. I I can go in in Brooks Brothers if I want, if I like to, because uh, I do like to get dressed up. Or I can go in in ripped up jeans and freaking shirt and my big old rings, and then uh, I, I will control a boardroom. And um, it's funny because some of them, you know, I'll walk in and they'll judge me automatically by my look and by the way I the way I'm I'm, I'm presented. 
you know, mm-hmm. but then when I start talking and I talk circles around them, they sit there and, and look at me in awe, you know, because the, wh- wh- where did this come from? And, and it's funny because it's a lesson that people should take away is that you shouldn't judge a book by their cover and you should respect everybody, no matter who they are, where they're from and what they've accomplished, because you don't you don't know everything they've accomplished, you know, um, and you don't know what they've gone through to get there. So, you know, when I walk into to something like that, I respect everybody else in the room. I don't care if they're brand new, you know what I mean? Or if they've been there for 20 years. The fact of the matter is, is they earned their spot there. You know, I'll respect them. But you should also respect the person who's coming in to discuss a licensing deal with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that it's also very advantageous, which I, I enjoy that as well. When people immediately, like, you know, walk into a the room, they're going to have that assumption about you. You're like, oh, I can use that to my advantage. Mm-hmm. So. I love oh, that yeah. too. Um, I have a question for you. What do you, what would you say is your single greatest asset for being a successful entrepreneur? I'm willing to work 200. percent um, I'm willing to, you know, sacrifice, which I have way, way too much over the years. But, but I'm willing to do the sacrifice. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest assets that I have is relationship building, uh, being able to speak. I can, I can, you know, chat with anybody. I can make a conversation happen with anybody. So, you know, I think that's part of the success is because people, thankfully, you know, and I'm blessed that that people are drawn to me. Uh, in one way, shape, or form. Even the haters, you know, I'll take the haters because all they're doing is giving me free advertising. You bet. You know? <laughs> so, you know, but um, but the, the you know, I, I love getting the positive people, um, the people that, you know, w- want to engage, they want to talk, they want to ask questions, they want to learn from themselves. Um, and that's why I've done mentoring and everything as well, because, you know, I always feel it's good to give back. Um, hopefully I answered that question. You did. And now I'm going to, I want to extend it a little bit further. And I want to ask you the skills that you used for, that you use for wrestling and maybe some of your voice work or just, you know, those skills that you have, how can you apply those to outside the ring? Well, you know what, when you're, when you're in the ring, when you're on the mic, you're acting, you know what I mean? Of course, it's a, what would Spinal Tap say? Turned it up to 12 or something like that or 11. You know what I mean? It's just me turned up a little bit, you know what I mean? And uh, it, when you're talking in general, you're going into any kind of meetings and so forth. The fact that, you know, I, I, I feel comfortable in front of a microphone. I feel comfortable in front of people. I can address people in a certain manner. I can, um, I can control a room you know, of people. You know, which which I think has helped me tremendously over the years. Uh, and I've learned that from wrestling. You know what I mean? Being in front of a huge crowd and being able to, you know, elicit, you know, cheers, booze, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, tears at times, you know what I mean? Yeah. That That is that's a, a, a skill. Um, and it's the same thing when you're taking that into voice work or acting or, you know, being in front of the camera, off camera. That it's a skill that, you know, it doesn't necessarily come naturally. It, it comes over time. It comes over uh, with a lot of practice. And um, and I believe myself being able to go in and, and, you know, especially with any of these meetings or having conversations with, and I deal with a lot of the major, major corporations. I mean, my, my sponsors are like Kiko Man, Main and Tail, you know what I mean, Taco Bell, Wendy's. I deal with all these people on a regular basis who wouldn't necessarily normally deal with somebody like myself. You know, um, and I think the, the fact that I can go in there and command uh, uh, somewhat of a respect, you know, and the way I speak, I believe that that helps me kind of 
work with these people, close deals, and and continue to build relationships. That's so interesting. Yeah. We have a um, a, a friend in our network, um, and I'm gonna give him a shout out, um, Mike Fallett, who is obsessed with with professional wrestling obsessed with it actually we have two mm. cheryl devon is also obsessed with professional wrestling but mike fallett um told me recently that he one of the main reasons he loves to watch wrestling is mm-hmm. because he loves to watch and um watch the wrestlers and he likes to see what he how how they're you know sort of their presence and how they're they are inside the ring how he could leverage or take some of that to learn and improve his business so he's like this yep. one of the reasons that he watches wrestling is to see how he can improve his business which is <laughs> I, I had never thought about that before but i'm like that's really that's impressive well most wrestlers don't don't realize that they can do that either um you know what i mean it's it's just a you know the few who who do you know what i mean or or not all of them, but some of the ones that do the rock Cena, you know, sure. guys that are out there, yeah. Batista, you know, these are the people Hulk Hogan, you know, these are the people that can go out there and, and they've kind of paved the path for people like me where, um, you know, I can come out there and, and be looked at as not just a wrestler, um, you know, but again, you know, talk about wrestling, talk about voice work, acting, it's all body language. You know what I mean? If I'm in there and I'm in the ring and I'm, you know, kind of, you know, making this stance and looking around and I've got a big frown on my face and I'm, you know, and then I stop and I look at you, Corey, and I make eye contact with you. We're dead set. You know, I'm on stage and you're down in the, in the what do you call it? In, in the, in the audience. Seats, yeah. You know, in the audience and, and we're, and I'm making connection with you. You'll feel that connection. You know what I mean? And, and it's all about body language. It's like, whoa, is this guy really pissed at me or what's going on? You know, it's the same thing as if I'm sitting and I'm working with you, Julie, we're doing voice work and you're, you know, and we're going back and forth. I'm not just sitting there like this. Even just while we're talking, you see my hands are going all mm-hmm. over the place. It's all about being animated. It's about, you know, using that body language in order to kind of take it to the next level. I do, you know, it's it's very important to be, um, you know, to not be monotone. It's it's important to be, you know, not, and, and monotone, I'm saying that vocally and physically. You know what I mean? You should always be moving, always be excited. You know, if you can't seem to get excited, sit at the, the edge of your seat and, you know, and talk from there or stand up and just be excited. You know what I mean? It's a great idea. I do want to let you know something though, Brimstone. Yeah. Um, if Corey was in the audience and you made eye contact with him, he would not feel yeah. anything because he's actually a robot. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have emotions. <laughs> well, there you go. But I, I, I want to ask you a question though, that is not about wrestling, but it's going to go way, way back. Corey knows what's coming. No. Okay. Were you on romper room? Yes, I was. Oh my God. Can we talk about that for a minute? What was that like? (laughs) To be honest, I don't remember as much of Romper Room because I was like five or six. I was young. Um, I don't remember as much of Romper Room as I do Sesame Street. Like Sesame Street, I remember a lot. Um, You know, and then, and then later on in, in life, um, you know, signing at the conventions and doing the, the whole brimstone thing, you know, I've, I've met, uh, you know, I, I reconnect with friends, not friends, but, other co-workers of mine at the time, like Carol Spinney, who did uh, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. He just passed away not too long ago. Um, but that like brought back memories and, and so forth. But 
romper room. All I remember is just being there. I remember the the magic mirror. I remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was all I really, I can't remember anything else. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you more dirt on it. <laughs> that, no, I wasn't looking for dirt on it. Romper room is like one of my favorite childhood memories. And I don't know yeah. why, because all I can remember is the whole, you know, I see Susie and Danny yeah. and I and how excited you would get when they said your name. But I don't I mean, I don't remember a lot from it either. But I just I don't I also don't know a lot of people who are familiar with the show. Everybody yeah. knows Sesame Street. So, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. It's really Robert cool. Room, just having that there on the resume is always really fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet it starts some interesting conversations. Well, yeah. we have loved this conversation and. We need to start wrapping up. I just want to point out some of like the really key takeaways that you gave our listeners today so that, you know, in case people didn't weren't taking notes, there were some really great nuggets that came out of it. Um, my favorite is that entrepreneurs should be entertaining. And I just think that that's so important when you're talking and you're giving speeches. It's just that entertaining piece was really great. Um, a old favorite of ours, relationships are key, right? So when you were an entrepreneur, building relationships is really, really key. And then the third thing that I'm going to give is when you said that if you have the opportunity to do it yourself, you should, because you can reap all the benefits. So rather than building something for someone else, build it for yourself, even if it means sacrificing. So great, great information for our listeners. And can you tell our listeners how they can um, find you, Brimstone? Well, you're, you're hearing me now on the BizQuick. So make sure you can always listen to BizQuick because you never know. I might pop up some other time. But you can always follow me on uh, all social media platforms. You can find me uh, on my official website, uh, www.therealbrimstone.com. Uh, all of my social media is there. I am most um, most active on Instagram, also at therealbrimstone. Um, I'm verified. You'll know it's me. You know, I am the person who responds to everybody. It's not my wife. It's not my intern. It's not my assistant. It's always me. Feel free to drop me a line. I'm always happy to hear from people. And uh, if you have any business questions, you have any entertainment questions, always drop them there. I'm happy to answer. Fantastic. And by the way, interns are the greatest. I'm just going to say it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed having you on the show and we hope that you come back again. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you and everything you need to know about Brimstone is in the show notes. And if you're interested in working with us, you can contact us through our website. And that website is sbpace.com. Everything you need to know is out there on that website, including the ways that you can connect with us, which is LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we've got forms and all sorts of stuff, so head on over there. Wow, he really sped through that one today. Also, download and rate our podcast. That is the fastest way for us to grow. Like us, you can give us a review as well. We always appreciate those. And reach out to us about any topics that you might be interested in hearing about. Don't forget to purchase our book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is a number one Amazon bestseller. We've got a digital workbook download. And if you've already purchased it and read it, please rate it and give us a review. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.